welcome to the Happy Hormones podcast. We are looking at the fairly crucial role that hormonal balance can play in your physical and emotional health, and some of the ways that balance can be restored. And I'm joined in this episode by Dr. Monica Lascar from the Marion Gluck Clinic to discuss HRT, hormone replacement therapy, and some of the risks and concerns that have been out there for, I guess, quite a long time, Monica. I think um, we've learned a lot along uh, the last decade, but I just want to say that the vast research that came um, with the risks regarding HRT was uh, very much um, using synthetic hormones that were um, using very strong horse-derived estrogens, the equine estrogens, and uh, they were using alongside synthetic progestins um, that were um, really um, quite dangerous. And also that study that showed increased breast cancer risk uh, included women who were started quite late on hormone therapy. They were, you know, the average age of 70, so quite a long time after their last menstrual period. Yeah, I mean, we're going to look at some of the kind of specific illnesses, um, which which may be exacerbated or not by it. But just to kind of recap, though, in, in very simple terms, we've looked at the benefits in, in another show with your colleague. People will want to take HRT because... In, in the way I look at hormones, um, hormone balance, when done gently and mindfully, has very little risks. And as I said, the, the risk data comes from different use of synthetic hormones. But essentially what happens at menopause is that women's estrogens drop by a thousandfold. So therefore, um, there is a state of hormone deficiency. And if you replace that with levels that mimic the body's biology, um, you are in a much better place to have minimal risks. Um, so obviously, the benefits are very much with regards to our brain, uh, memory, uh, but also with symptom control, the hot flushes, uh, sleep, uh, mood, um, as well as maintaining bone density, maintaining collagen in the skin, um, and um, generally uh, ability to exercise, maintaining muscle mass. Um, and that has to be balanced against the risks. Uh, the risks really the risk of breast cancer is one of the risks. Yeah, I can jump in on, bre- on breast cancer. You know, just mm. to quote from a 2019 study, um, which is out there, it's saying that 63 out of a thousand women aged 50 to 69 develop breast cancer. Mm. The use of combined HRT for five years would cause an extra 15 to 20 cases per thousand. So there, there are studies out there showing that there are there are increased risks. Yeah, I think what was interesting about that publication that came out in The Lancet was that essentially they were reviewing the same old data that I mentioned before. So it's again the same studies that were stopped in 2002, the Women Health Initiative. Very little new data came along. And in fact, it didn't included a 
minimal proportion of women that were taking uh, human-like hormones or bioidentical hormones, if you want. So I agree that there is an increased risk with synthetic hormones. Um, However, when uh, there is now an acknowledgement that um, human-like hormones are safer, and that really includes, you know, the British Menopause Society in their handbook saying that... uh, natural progesterone is the safest and the best tolerated hormone. So from from what you're saying then, there are sort of two factors at play. One is that the studies which get widely cited Hmm. perhaps were not conducted using... They really are old. They really are old, yeah. And, And then you're also saying that HRT isn't isn't just one thing there are different types of HRT and there's mm. synthetic hormones uh, or bioidentical hormones which might produce different results to perhaps some of the the older HRT or that's or how right you that's that? right yeah. and there is increasing um there's increasing uh recognition of the fact that um estradiol, which is identical with what the body makes, um, especially when given given through the skin, is safer. And also that progesterone, which is identical with what your body has made lifelong, is also safer. And even there's some data that says there is no increased risk in breast cancer at five years when using natural progesterone. But I just really wanted to clarify, if I can take this opportunity, um, that in some ways, um, HRT um, is somewhat different from how we work at Mary and Gluck. And I think the difference really is that, uh, in a sense, um, HRT is defined as estrogen replacement therapy. And you, uh, when you just give estrogen on its own, there is a risk of cancer of the womb, of endometrial cancer. And uh, to counteract against that, you use a synthetic progestin. Um, We at Marion Gluck Clinic, we really look at hormone balance. So we look at how these hormones interact with each other. And uh, we really aim to create um, levels of hormones that are physiological to how they would have been in your mid-40s before going into menopause and to make sure that they are balanced within each other at the correct ratios between estrogen and progesterone. We also look at testosterone. We also look at the stress pathway and cortisol. um, And we look at the thyroid function alongside. So it's a slightly different paradigm. It's not just giving an estrogen uh, hormone um, on its own to fix something, but it's more a rebalancing in a mindful, gentle way where you take into account all the hormones as well as lifestyle factors, as well as physical activity. So all these other pillars of health are being uh, addressed in uh, in a sort of long consultation where we spend time to sort of look at all the risk factors uh, in a more holistic way. I suppose it's probably quite hard to get data for that kind of holistic approach as, as to I think, how much you, yeah. th- you then mitigate the risks. Mm, I know. Um, and I just wanted to sort of go back at breast cancer risk because this is something I'm sort of, I've been thinking about it quite a lot. And I think cancer is a long time in the making. And 
what we know that is increasing the risk of cancer is um, increasing levels of estrogen. High uh, estrogen levels have been associated with breast cancer in a lot of studies. And um, when you think about breast cancer, you also kind of think actually the prevalence of breast cancer has increased considerably in the population over the last few decades. Um, uh, you know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, the breast cancer lifetime risk for a woman was one in 20. And now the lifetime risk for breast cancer can be as much as one in eight. Um, and actually, if you take a thousand um, women aged 50 and over, and you follow them up for a five-year period, and these are women who have never been on HRT, um, you will have uh, 25 women diagnosed with breast cancer at, at, uh, at five years. Um, so there is more at play in the creation of breast cancer than HRT alone. And uh, for example, the oral contraceptive pill has clearly written on it and increased breast cancer risk. How many years a woman has been on the combined pill may be a separate risk factor. Um, the other really important risk for breast cancer in our population that we kind of tend to not think so much about is uh, being overweight. So, um, for example, um, you know, HRT, and I'm talking about the synthetic standard HRT, it, it adds four extra women uh, in that five-year period. But if you're overweight, your risk is almost double. So it's another 25 women uh, that get breast cancer if they have a body mass index of greater than 30, so what is considered overweight. So being overweight is a significantly higher risk of breast cancer. Um, and this is driven by insulin, by insulin resistance. The, the so-called belly fat um, is uh, playing a significant role in breast cancer. So uh, that's something that we think about. You know, we think about insulin, we counsel women, we, we provide uh, referral into nutrition services or we provide nutrition ourselves um, in terms of um, some of us are functional medicine trained. So we're happy to address insulin resistance and provide food plans and support where that's needed. Is, is there any strong evidence that sort of backs up your idea that these bioidentical hormones tend to produce less breast cancer is there is, is there robust data for that yeah well there is a systematic review that's been published um, that has um, looked at uh, progesterone use compared to um, synthetic progestins so that's just been you know a review of uh, a huge number of studies. Uh, basically, there were 3,000 citations and you know, number of full text articles. Um, but again, if you want the proper evidence, you would have to have a randomized controlled trial where some women would be given the synthetic uh, combination and the others would be given the bioidentical combination. Uh, but in this retrospective review, they found that uh, uh, the the women who were given the natural progesterone had lower breast cancer risk compared with the synthetic progestins. And, and that was quite a good statistical, the so-called p-value, which tells you, you know, how significant that is. Um, that seemed to be fairly significant. And uh, so, so if one looks at the, the kind of illnesses which are 
uh, cited as, as, as being a risk uh, around uh, mm. breast cancer, ovarian and womb cancer, blood clots, mm. heart disease, possibly strokes. What's mm. your sense? If someone is considering, what's your overall sense of risk if someone is considering treatment? I, I think uh, what's really interesting is that, you know, people who have worked in the bioidentical hormone um, trade, so to speak, or or worked in this way, they've worked like this for decades um, in the States. And um, I think Marion Gluck was the first doctor to bring this approach to the UK. Uh, and, uh, and it's, you know, decades old. But I think what's interesting is that, uh, you know, they, they practice using estrogen through the skin, the transdermal route, which uh, is believed to be safer uh, with regards to cardiovascular risk, with regards to clots, and with regards to um, risk of heart disease. And and that's finally actually been actually acknowledged by um, our national guidance. Um, the NICE guidelines have changed in 2015, saying that transdermal estradiol is safer with regards to clots, heart disease disease and um, hypertension and stroke. So they are actually considered safe now to give estrogens through the skin, whether it's via patch or via gel. Um, so I think that's the problem with evidence that it takes so long to come up. And uh, and the reason people who worked in bioidentical hormones were able to, in a way, do that was partly because they understood the biology and that can go a long way when uh, when you understand how something works when you take a pill that goes through the liver it activates the clotting factors and that increases your risk of clotting so taking hormones orally via pills has these risks uh, whereas taking them to the skin doesn't but then it took you know a number of years for the trials to come out and to confirm that yes indeed when they're given through the skin they are safer um, <laughs> um, so but, but yeah but but after all that um, mm. I guess there is it's about minimizing risk but it's at a, the end mm. of the day there is still some risk but you would say that that risk can be minimized, but the benefits potentially would outweigh. Is that, is that sort I, of where I you ended up? I think that's right. I mean, I think each patient is an individual and our risk is made up of our family history, our genes, our environment, our behavior. Uh, we really can't quantify the impact of stress, which I'm sure is huge, both in hypertension, cancer, heart disease. Often studies look at one isolated risk factor, but my job really is, uh, you know, when I sit with a patient in front of me to really take stock of all that family history, personal medical history, and optimize, you know, across the board, lifestyle and hormones in the most gentle and sensible way, really meeting that person where they're at um, and finding what changes can they put into place, both in lifestyle and with hormones, um, to have the well-being that they desire to have. Dr. Monica uh, Lascar, thank you very much. As I said, we've also looked at the benefits in more detail around HRT with a colleague of yours, uh, as well as the perimenopause and the andropause. Those are all separate happy hormone podcasts. <laughs>